Hello and welcome to Financial Education for Nation. My name's Warren Shute and today we're taking the road to debt freedom. This episode has been sponsored by Idealo, the price comparison website. Okay, so the road to debt freedom, probably the goal that most people want to accomplish is to be debt free. Definitely, don't you think? To own your own home without any mortgage, to have all your credit cards paid off, your cars paid off. It is a um, a dream for many. Um, but in life, like so many things, it is not a straight line. So we don't take a straight line from where we are today to being financially independent and being debt free. We have highs and lows, just like you do with weight loss. You know, I relate finances to health and nutrition so often because they're all about your psychology. It's all about your psychology. You've got to have the strategy in place. You've got to have the strategy in place to know that it works. So the money plan works. You've got to get a nutrition plan that works. But it's all about your psychology, keeping on the program. So I was having a conversation with my children um, just this week about reining it in. You know, I said, you know, Christmas is a time of excess spending. So then what you then need to do is just rein it in in January. So you kind of balance it off. And I'm not saying do nothing in January, because for me, January is probably the worst month of the year. I struggle with it. I don't like the low cloud. I don't like the dark. Um, we're in lockdown in the UK right now, so I don't like that either. Um, so, hey, I'm a comp excessively optimistic person, but it just means I've got preferences and I don't like January. It's about reining in. So the conversation with the children was basically, hey, look, we had an expense over Christmas. We bought all the gifts. We had the extra drink and the food and stuff and what we did and now in January you just rein it in a little bit you just balance it off so that the two might kind of maybe into February might kind of average out one another so that your average spending is fairly consistent over throughout the year um, I think that's a really important lesson to teach people in life and it's same with the nutrition if you have a blowout this dry January malarkey is all about really sort of offsetting that and trying to stay in control of your drinking and being in control of your drinking and this is sort of really coming stark bang in the face as our December credit card statements either hit our doormat or our inbox um, coming through. You might even have on there payments from 2019 um, to make sure you have to clear. Now, I got a feeling this year's payment statements might be higher than typical and the reason for that is retail, online retail sales are up 36% um, this year, year on year, um, the highest growth since 2007. So although retail sales are struggling and they're struggling for a whole bunch of reasons, they were struggling before the uh, pandemic, they are really struggling now. <clears throat> Online sales have skyrocketed. And if you look at the um, sales of the likes of Amazon or Etsy, um, people like that, uh, Shopify, yeah, they're going through the roof. Um, and that's because people are shopping online, it's convenience. And that's really all we can do um, these days. The challenge with shopping online for you and me, not for the people selling it, but the challenge for you and I is there's no emotion. Remember, we are physical beings, but we are run by our emotions. And there's no emotion to that click. We'll surf around a page, we'll click on things, we'll watch videos, we're just clicking. Well, when we buy something, we just click. You know, quite often not now we don't even have to get our wallet out because the browser saves our credit card information or we use PayPal or what have you. You use Amazon, you just swipe and it's done. There's no emotion to it. There's no physical feeling of spending that money. 
So you really got to be in control of your emotions, really understand, although this is an intellectual decision and emotions override intellect, so it comes at a lower hierarchy of um, supremacy, you really do got to understand that when you spend something, you've got to really add on the earning power to earn that money back. Um, and credit card debt in the UK is really sort of going through the roof. I think at the moment it's around about 170 billion pounds of unsecured debt in the UK. I've switched from credit card to unsecured debt there, but I kind of group everything in one basket. 170 billion and Citizens Advice Bureau estimate that to rise between 300 and 350 billion. So that doesn't have to be you, okay? You can take, take control of your finances. You can live differently. And one thing I would say is with credit card debt on average at 22.5%, that's according to the Bank of England, nobody can carry that kind of weight. You know, no one can carry that interest rate, that interest burden on their debt. It would just be crippling. So you have to take this thing by the horns. You have to get under control if you want to be debt free. You know, if you don't, if you... If you do, if you didn't, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast or this show. I know you wouldn't. But if you do want to get debt free, you just have to take control of it. And there are thousands of people all around the world every single day taking this sort of program and getting debt free. I get messages from people all the time saying, Congratulations, I'm now debt free. I've just got my mortgage to repay. Oh, you know, we did this and this. Thank you so much. And that's, I received one today, actually. That's why I was sort of reminded me to say it. That really inspires me to carry on these shows because what I'm showing you and sharing with you are strategies that I've learned and was trained in over the last 25 years. I'm a financial planner this year, 26 years, um, and that I do with my clients day in, day out. So I've got six steps that I want you to follow. If that's you, if you want to take away your unsecured debt this year, you really want to work towards making a dent into it or actually getting rid of it altogether, six steps. So step number one, stop making it any worse. You've got to stop using the credit cards, okay? The credit cards, I should call them debt cards. I cover this a bit later on. I really think, you know, stop using your credit cards. Start using the bank account system. Start using a debit card. It puts you more in control of your spending. Give yourself a wham, or as one of my readers referred to it as a SAM. I call wham, it's walk about money. It's the money we walk around with every day we send it. He said, Sam, the sit about money. I thought that was fantastic. So if you're listening, thank you for mentioning that. I thought it was great. I'm going to use that more often. <clears throat> but um, stop making the debt worse. Stop using your credit cards and set up the bank account system so you're in control of your spending. Okay, so number one. Number two, keep your credit cards separate from one another, but make sure you're getting the best interest rate you can overall on them, particularly on the larger balances. So what I would do is I'd look at the larger balances, whether that's a loan or a credit card or whatever it be, and make sure you're getting the best interest on that. Watch out for your overdrafts. Your overdrafts interest rates have probably gone through the roof this year. So look at your overdraft rate, where we were paying a fixed fee for our overdrafts. Now it's back to percentages. So you'd be paying a high rate on your overdrafts. So watch those as well. So number two, make sure you're getting the best rate on all the debts, particularly the larger debts, okay? Uh, number three, organize your debt in balance order, starting with the smallest balance first. So you'll have the smallest balance, you might have a card or something with a couple hundred pounds on it, go all the way through to the largest balance, which might even be a car finance or something like that, or an overdraft. So order them in balance order first. Number four, no, yeah, number four, sorry, I'm losing track. Number four, always maintain your minimum payments, 
okay? No matter what, always maintain your minimum payments. You don't want to start jeopardizing your credit score. I know your credit score is all about taking more debt out, but what it does do is once you're in once you're in debt, once you have debt, it enables you to get better rates on your debt. So although I'm not a fan of the credit rating system in the credit score, um, <clears throat> it is necessary for you to get a better rate uh, and also affects things like getting phones and uh, utilities, everything these days. So let's make sure we always maintain at least the minimum payment, everything else. And then number five, I want you to take your first working hour of income and pay off the smallest debt first. So what does that mean? So if you typically work uh, an, um, a nine till five day, I want you to work nine till 10 for yourself. And then everything else can sort itself out. So the bills and everything else, okay? But the first hour, you're gonna pay to yourself. Now that first working hour of a working day represents 12.5% of your income. So 12.5% of your take home income Take that money and pay off the smallest debt first. And then keep that going along with the minimum payments until that debt's gone. And then once that debt is repaid, once debt number one is repaid, congratulate yourself, celebrate. That's important because we don't reward ourselves. We won't feel we're doing a good job. We've been trained since babies that we want reward. So psychologically, we want to be re rewarded. We want to say, hey, congratulations. If you think about a great boss that you've had in the past or someone you really got on well with, they often highlighted the good in you and what you did well and praised you as opposed to just ignoring you. Now, there are some people who are what we call not externally referenced and more internally referenced, and they don't need that praise as much. But reward yourself, congratulate yourself, keep yourself on the program. Okay, so once that debt's gone, gone, but don't take any more debt out, will you? Um, don't reward yourself by taking that credit card out and going to buy yourself a nice big expensive item. Um, once that debt number one's gone, you've rewarded yourself. Let's move on to debt number two and repeat the process. Keep going. Minimum payments for everything. Take the payments you were paying on to debt one, whack those onto debt two. So you've got 12.5% plus the minimum payment from debt one, now going on to debt two and eat that debt two away. Keep going, keep going, keep going until that's repaid. Congratulate yourself. Reward yourself. Have a bit of a celebration, whatever that might be in lockdown. And then get straight back on the program, next payment. Let's work on debt number three. So minimum payments on everything. The minimum payment that was on one and two now goes on to three plus the 12.5%. That all goes on to debt number three and you focus, repay, repay, repay until that's repaid. Celebrate repeat the process. So you can see why I don't like you to consolidate your debts into one, okay? So logically, you'd say, well, I can consolidate them all into one and I can put them on 0%. Yeah, I understand that and I understand the argument for it. I'm not disputing it. However, we as human beings like progress. We like to see reward. We like progress. We like progression. And when something is too big to accomplish, Many of us, not all of us, but many of us will probably just shy away from it. Say, oh, what's the point? I, I don't worry. I can't be bothered. Okay. Um, <clears throat> by keeping your debt separate, you're having them in bite size allocations. And that's really the purpose between keeping them separate so that they are bite size allocations as opposed to not doing anything. Okay. But if you've got a big debt in one go, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming. Now, by starting with a small one, 
and paying that off, you then start building up references, reference sets. You say, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. So you've now paid these debts off and you think, actually, I can do this. So when you get to your larger debts and you've got the minimum payments for all those other previous debts and the 12.5%, you've got more money to attack at the larger one and you've got more confidence and more reference sets to say you can do it. Um, you can accelerate this, you can accelerate this program. So what I've just explained to you is the minimum, minimum monthly payments plus a minimum of 12.5%. They're the minimums, okay? And when you say you can't afford it, you couldn't afford the debt in the first place. That's why you've gone on a credit card. So you now have to make space for it, okay? I know that sounds harsh, um, but trust me, it's an essential thing because it's only going to get worse, only going to get worse. Um, and then to accelerate the item, the process, you can look at unwanted items you've got around the house. So you can look at things around the house. What don't you use any longer that you can sell? Um, and if I'm honest, I'd even look at things and say, well, look, what am I not likely to use and I can sell? And I would sell as many items as you can. Or I've done this on one-to-one -one coaching before. I've had people go around the house and they've actually cleared a lot, a big chunk. Actually, I think one guy cleared about half of his credit card debt by selling things he actually bought with the credit cards in the first place, but he just was no longer using them. So go around the house, sell unwanted items. This time of year, you must have got some Christmas present you didn't really want or need. Okay, so you look at the thing, am I really going to ever use this? So I need it. Why don't you just list it? Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree, eBay. We are so fortunate in 2021 to have so many avenues and so easy to sell things online. Make use of it. Okay, and then look at second incomes. Um, now I know a lot of people are um, struggling for work at the moment, but that's not the whole country. There are areas in the business that are work, you know, really, really busy. Um, is there a second job you can take to um, maximize your income and bring extra money into the pot? Because this isn't gonna go on forever. This is a finite time. You're gonna give it as best shot you can and it's gonna be repaid and you're never gonna take credit card debt out again or unsecured debt. Um, if you go to warrenshoot.com, there is a spreadsheet in the resources section where you can download or do all the calculations for you. You type in your credit cards, the interest rates, everything else, and it'll recalculate and it'll tell you when your debt will be paid off. Draws you a nice little chart, nice little Excel spreadsheet. You download it, you keep it on your machine. It's not something you do online, um, so it's private to you. Um, and I would get that, download that, do that, and then update it every single month that you make a payment. Okay, But whatever your situation is right now, I assure you there are people around the world doing this and you can be one of them why don't you make 2021 the year that you become debt free uh, certainly clear your unsecured debt anyway so five things you didn't know or may didn't know maybe didn't know about credit card debt slightly five little facts that i cover each week i thought it quite interesting um so the average interest rate of 22 and a half percent i think it's whopping that's crazy it's almost 25 percent. that's almost a quarter of the balance and just put this in perspective you owe a thousand pounds if you did nothing the following year, they would add on £225. So you would now owe £1,225. So anyway, going back to the average credit card debt of 22.5%, it would double every 3.2 years. Only paying the minimum payment, which typically is around about 3% for most credit card providers, is likely to have you die with your credit card you're unlikely to ever repay your credit card debt because where the interest rate is growing and you're paying, you're growing like this and you're just dipping into it. You're not really making any inroads to repay it and erode it. And that's why you've got to make sure your interest rates are as low as possible and then pay this extra payment um, towards it.
and then cut them up, cut them, cut all the credit cards up. You, there's arguments say you need one credit card. And what I would do is I would keep that one credit card. I would literally, physically, literally put it in a bowl, fill it with water, and I'd put it in the bottom of your freezer. I'd put it on ice. I'd freeze your credit card. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, what? if you ever attempted to use it, it's going to take a long time. I've never counted. I should try this myself. But it's going to take you a long time to get that credit card defrosted and use it again. Uh, a credit card really should be, number three, a credit card should really be called a debt card, but the marketing wouldn't work so well. It's the typical saying I usually say, but I really do believe it should be called a debt card because that's what it is, you're taking out debt. Credit, number four, credit comes from the Latin credere, which means to believe or trust. Yeah, you're going to believe that. They trust you, all right? They're going to charge you a lot of interest. And then number five, there are over 2.8 billion credit cards in the world. Uh, seven, about 7.8 billion people, uh, includes all the kids as well. So um, you, the majority of people seem to have a credit card. Um, and the majority of credit cards really come in the form of Visa and MasterCard, although you've got Discover and Amex as well, American Express on there. Okay, questions from my listeners and viewers this week. So the first question is, I have a life and critical illness policy that I've been advised to write into a trust. The form asks if I want to retain the gift Oh, sorry, the, the form asks if I want to retain or gift the critical illness. What does this mean? Okay, so you've arranged a life and critical illness policy. It must be a single life policy, but it's got life and critical illness, so it pays out on death, and it pays out on diagnosis of a critical illness. And you've been told to put that in trust, which is a great idea. Uh, the death benefit will go into trust by default, because that's it. But the critical illness element, you have a choice. And the choice is you can either retain that benefit on a claim, so you keep it, or you can um, gift it and gift it into the trust on a claim. Now there are pros and cons of both. If you retain it, it's yours. You get to keep it and spend it. If you've got a serious critical illness, you might need it to make adaptations to the house or medical treatment. Um, but the downside is if you then uh, pass away soon after the claim, that critical illness benefit is in your trust, uh, sorry, in your estate for inheritance tax calculations. And that's the reason we're gifting it into the trust to get it out of your estate. So by gifting that benefit into a trust, you then give it to the responsibility of the trustees to make any um, payments to you or to benefit the estate. So say, for example, you need to go and get medical treatment, they would have to pay for it as opposed to you because they would, you wouldn't have access to the trust. Um, so there's pros and cons of both. As a default, typically we suggest people gift into a trust. Um, and the reason for that is the whole purpose of you doing this is to actually reduce your inheritance tax. Um, whole purpose of putting the trust in place is to reduce your inheritance tax um, and to speed up a claim. So that's why we like it gifted away into a trust. Second question. Um, I've recently sold a buy-to-let I've owned for many years. Uh, I'm very fortunate I've made a significant gain. However, this has resulted in significant tax liability. I've been recommended an EIS, which is an Enterprise Investment Scheme investment. Um, is this a good idea? <clears throat> okay. I don't normally recommend EIS investments. That's Enterprise Investment Schemes. I do have some clients who hold them, but it's not something that I've recommended to them. And the reason for this is an EIS is a single company and it's generally very, very small. So it's very high risk. And the reason it's so high risk is because um, it has, has less history and less financial backing behind it. It's a, it's a small company. It's a new company. So it's not like a company listed like an Apple or a Microsoft. It's like in very, very early stages. Now, you could make a lot of money from these, but since the majority of them go bust or don't perform very well, the probability is you won't. 
Now, to entice entice investors, the HMRC gives tax relief when you buy them. So you can buy get income tax relief on the investment, um, and you can actually defer your capital gain. So you've made a gain, so you've sold some land or what have you, a property, you've got £100,000, um, the gain, £100,000 gain, you can reinvest that gain um, across into the EIS. So you defer it, you don't pay the tax on that gain. But when you sell that EIS, you pay capital gains tax on the gain at that point. Now, bear in mind that we're in a fairly low tax regime at the moment, and the government spent billions of pounds stimulating the economy. If you think income tax rates and capital gains tax are likely to go down in the future, okay, that's not a bad option. But if you think they're going to go up in the future, which is what I would feel, then you you may end up paying more tax in the future than you would today. So although these things are available and they've got these tax um, things running around them, making them look attractive, often they're not and often keeping things simple is best. So paying capital gains tax right now might be more attractive than it would be in the future. Okay, so Smarter Spender. Smarter Spender is sponsored by Idealo. It's the price comparison website. Um, We've been using them as a family now for as long as I can remember. Um, And I love it because it sets up, you can set up price alerts. So I I, I like looking at different things that I'm going to buy and I then generally sort of set up price alerts that will just tell me that actually it's a good time to buy. What I do like looking at is the history of the price of the item. So let's say, for example, you're gonna go and buy a new hi-fi system or TV. You can put the details in there. It will show you what the price history has been over time and whether it's gone up or down, how it's looking. So what do they think is cheap at the moment or going to go cheaper this week? Uh, so retro trainers are about 19% less than they were um, previously. And rain boots, so uh, welly boots, I guess that is for you and I, about 15% cheaper. So, you know, there's some good things out there that are actually coming down in price. Um, they feel that it's a good time to buy tennis rackets. Um, I thought that was a bit odd since they were shut down. But like they've sort of said, you can save about 11% on a tennis racket compared to the most expensive time of the year, which is April and One of the first things that starts to open when the lockdown starts easing are outdoor sports like the golf and the tennis. So, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. I understand. I'm with you on that one now. Uh, But they also think uh, consumers will be buying things that will entertain the children. So uh, with my two at home, they're actually downstairs homeschooling right now. You know, the parents for younger children really want some kind of entertainment and often quiet entertainment so they reckon there'll be a big demand for the indoor toys like lego and playmobil um, and there'll be an over demand next few weeks so maybe check the price comparison website idealo to see if you can get a great price on that so <clears throat> that's the for today's show um repaying your debt is probably one of the best things you can do to give you financial certainty going forward um, and as we've noticed in the current climate anything can happen you know who would have believed that we would have been in lockdown a year ago you know i just definitely would not have believed that myself um and uh, but we are we are where we are and repaying a debt gives you actual certainty um that you can have withstand a bit more uncertainty if you want know I mean so please keep sending your questions in i love to respond to them i respond to all of them i don't get to answer all of them live on the show Um, but I do respond to all of them. Um, If you have any questions, let me know and stay safe. And until next time, take care.